Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm going to go right here. I'm going to make a groove in there. Woo! Good one! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Instant relief with the thumb. Instant. Well, what do you think of your new hands? I love it. They've been uh-huh. with me for years. 27, 28 years old. Uh-huh. It's a little emotional, but I'm not going to cry. That's a woman with the world's longest fingernails. Finally cutting them off after 30 years. Oh, it sounded like some sort of dentistry clinic with an audience. I thought during that, I thought, why are we playing this? This could be anything. This could just okay. be any noises. But How long are her fingernails, Michael? Do you know? If you're a fan of the Guinness Book of World Records, that was one of the pictures that always stood out, uh, is the various people with very, very long fingernails. Oh, they're mm. crazy long. Yeah, they're Curly a foot on- and... One foot on each finger for a total of 20. Wow. Yeah. Gross. What? So that's a, a mentally ill person. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Who would do that? Who would go through their life with foot-long fingernails? <laughs> I don't, did, how much money did she make being the person with the world's longest fingernails? She'd go to nail clinics and do like uh, uh, like Paris Hilton would do at a nightclub opening. She'd go to a nail clinic and, and get paid, uh, what, $20? I'll give you a dollar if I don't have to ever see that. Um, coming up, the most racist font that exists. I'm sorry. Again, my headphones are clicking in and out. Did you say the most racist font? Yes. I hope you're not using this racist font. And and the head of the teachers union in L.A. with one of the most anti-Semitic things I've heard in decades. But she'll get away with it because she's lefty. So it doesn't count. I wish I was the sort of guy that knew everything about everything like uh, some talk show hosts do. But but I don't. And I had just taken it as a fact having heard for years that our infrastructure is crumbling. I've been hearing that my entire adult life from Republicans and Democrats. If it's one thing we can all agree on, it's our infrastructure is crumbling. And that's why there's bipartisan agreement that we should do something about this. Why can't we do this? This is an easy win. Everyone knows our infrastructure is crumbling. Okay. 70% of America's bridges are at risk of plunging into the waters beneath them. Right. I've heard that sort of thing. So it was pretty shocking to me when I came across this opinion piece in the Washington Post by a lefty, by the way, Charles Lane, who said, no, America's infrastructure is not crumbling. You know, I'm going to give you his final point first, because it'll help make sense, because you might be thinking, why is this lefty pushing against Joe Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure package? This guy's reasoning is, we don't need to spend all this money on this. If we do, we're going to miss out on being able to spend it on other things that he cares more about, Ah. which is a a principle we've talked about for many years. You know, if you got rid of the stupid freaking bullet train in California, you could put every homeless person in a house for the rest of their lives. I mean, if you're going to spend $100 billion and just waste it, well, you might as well get the homeless off the streets. I've said many times to my liberal friends, become a fiscal conservative. Eliminate the waste, the fraud, the abuse, the redundancy. You will have more money for your pet projects than you can imagine. Join us. Hold government accountable. So Charles Lane makes the point in the Washington Post that there are 2.7 million miles of paved roads in the United States. It's hard to wrap your head around some of these figures. More than 500 commercial airports, 615,000 bridges, 140,000 miles of freight railroad, and 300 ports. 
And he makes the point, and when you got that many bridges, ports, roads, everything like that, of course you're going to have some that are in need of repair and that you could put on a, you know, a picture of them in the newspaper or a picture on your cable news and show, here's a bridge where look at this rust. You know, when you've got that many. And he gives some examples of Texas's electrical grid, which actually needs help. The Boston, the Boston to Washington passenger rail corridor, which actually needs some help. But in general, we are, we do not have a crumbling system as President Biden has been saying it. At every stop where he tries to promote his $2 trillion American jobs plan. You know, that's funny because I've traveled around a lot, especially in the last couple of years. It doesn't look crumbling. I mean, some of the potholes are a little annoying, but the trucks seem to be getting to and fro. Uh, the real challenge is to take what is, by any reasonable measure, the best or nearly the best infrastructure in the entire in the entire world and sustain improvements that have already been occurring in recent years. Biden warned that U.S. infrastructure is ranked 13th in the world. Well, if that were true, would it be shameful to outscore 90% of the 141 economies analyzed by the World Economic Forum? So Charles Lane's point right off the bat is, even if that were true, and he's about to explain how it's not, how is ranking 13th in the world to make you a, a laughing stock? Well, I, as an American, I, I'm not comfortable ranking 13th in the world at much. Um, so I don't. I, it's not a totally invalid point. But in fact, thirteenth place represents an upward shift of about ten spots since 2012 because we've spent a lot of money on infrastructure already. There of the go. twelve economies that the WEF ranked ahead of us, three of them: Singapore, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, <laughs> Singapore, Hong Kong, and the United Arab Emirates are tiny coastal city states. It's patently spurious to compare their infrastructure challenges to those of the United States. Among the 10 geographically largest countries, which include Canada, Australia, China, and Russia, the United States places first. Among your giants yes. covering a whole bunch of space, you need long, long roads and long railroads and everything else to reach around. We are in first place. Take that, Singapore. Um, also, the WEF ratings tilt toward other countries because they, they don't differentiate between rail that is for freight or rail that is for passenger travel. Our passenger travel rail isn't that good, but nobody cares because we don't really travel around this country by rail. They do in a lot of other countries. Nor do we need to. We have an incredible interstate highway system. It's miraculous. Look at a map of the United States and our highways compared to most other countries on Earth. And you'll know why we don't need some train. Right. And our freight rail which we ship a lot of stuff by freight, is excellent. To repeat, Charles Lane says in the Washington Post, there's no reason for complacency about U.S. infrastructure, yet alarmist generalizations don't help us identify the most pressing needs with the greatest potential economic benefits. They might pave the way to wasted resources and public disenchantment. I would say so. Um, he, as a lefty, wants to use that money for other projects that I would probably hate. I, as a fiscal conservative, would like to just not spend it at all um, but his point is we do not have a crumbling infrastructure, so keep that in mind the next time you hear that. Oh, that reminds me. I've got this around here somewhere. Hang on a second. The uh, the boasting by the uh, the various surrogates sent out, there it is, uh, by the Biden administration to tout this, some of it is infrastructure plan, was claiming that the uh, the project would create 19 million jobs over a decade. Oh, yeah, I love this story. 
But Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler, who's a bit of a lefty himself, but a nice fellow. We've talked to him a number of times. I think his heart's in the right place. He pointed out that um, that's compared to a baseline of 16.3 million jobs being created without the infrastructure proposal. So everybody's quoting the Moody's uh, estimates without uh, saying, well, 16.3 of that 18.96 million jobs would be uh, produced if we did nothing. So have you heard that Moody? How many times have you heard, if you're following this story at all, Moody's projects 19 million jobs would be created, leaving out the fact that Moody's projects 16 million jobs will be created anyway. So according to Moody's report, the net is 2.7 million jobs at a cost of two and a quarter trillion dollars. Well, that ruts out, that nets out rather to roughly $833,333 in taxpayer bucks spent per job created. $834,000 per job created. A job that pays 840 grand is a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, I would say. How about we just, you know, well, those jobs don't pay that. No. They cost that. But listen, you can't Oh, God, politics is so dumb. You can't sell an infrastructure plan, which is only a quarter of it is infrastructure, based on the number of jobs it's creating and then lie that much. On the other hand, you can't oversimplify it the other way. If we do let our infrastructure crumble, we'll lose jobs. And nobody's measuring those. So it's not nearly as simple as either side would have you believe. But, but this two and a trillion dollars, two and a quarter trillion dollars is just a ginormous spending plan. We need to stop calling it an infrastructure plan. Right. By the most generous estimates, a third of it is infrastructure. People are trying to stretch that definition as Senator Gillibrand of New York yesterday tweeted out, paid leave is infrastructure because that's in the plan. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. Uh, that drew a lot of mockery, including from Ben Shapiro, who we like. Unicorns are infrastructure. Love is infrastructure. Herpes is infrastructure. <laughs> Everything is infrastructure. Uh, that is the problem. Um, I like this one. Uh, some journalist I had never heard of wrote, Mayonnaise is infrastructure. It supports the other flavors in the sandwich. The bread is also infrastructure. The meat and cheese and tomatoes are not infrastructure. Making the sandwich is not infrastructure, but the plate is infrastructure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We get the point. Oh, hey, speaking of lying through statistics, this is kind of apropos of nothing. Did you have more to say on the bill? Okay. Uh, I saw, I was, I was digging through, uh, COVID news to try to bring you a, a, a balanced look at how the country is actually doing. And I came across this headline. One in three. COVID-19 patients are diagnosed with a neuropsychiatric condition. One in three. And how many millions of cases are there? Yeah, can you look that up? Scary. How many people have had the COVID so far? Yeah. What's the latest number? So listen to this, would you? Six months after being diagnosed with the Chinese bat fever, one in three patients had also experienced a psychiatric or neurological illness, mostly mood disorders, but also strokes or dementia. About one in eight of those patients were diagnosed for the first time with such an illness. Um, Wait a second. (laughs) Wait a second. So seven out of eight had had this before? Even addled with your cough syrup, Jack Armstrong, you caught it. Wow. And that 12.8% who were diagnosed for the first time mostly were anxiety or depression. 
compared to control groups of people who had the flu or other non-COVID respiratory infections, first ever neuropsychiatric diagnoses were almost twice as high. It's so easy to lie with statistics. It really is. Seven out of eight of them had it before they ever got COVID. Okay, well, then that doesn't really so, mean anything. So this says COVID doesn't uh, cure those things. Is that what I'm supposed to take from this? Well, well said, P.S. Well said. And listen, this and see, again, this is That's what makes funny. me crazy. And I just, I just need to either uh, go back to drinking because I'm, I'm taking a break, or I need to just admit that this is the way the world works and come to terms with it. There are some really interesting, troubling, scary uh, neuropsychological or, or neurological problems with the vid. And clouding it with this clickbait, harem, scarum, horse crap doesn't do anybody any no, good. No, nobody benefits from that. It's just there's a study published in The Lancet, but you get this pops, you know, medicine publication that just perverts it and whips it up. And, oh, man, I tell you what. In uh, not read the paper, be uninformed, or read it and be misinformed. Uh, President Biden is giving a speech about gun violence right now, as there was a shooting in South Carolina that just seems like one of those domestic sort of shooting things. Well, it appears to be a crazed ex-football player killing his doctor and his doctor's grandchildren, God save us, and uh, the doctor's wife, and a fellow who's just there working on the house. A horrifying story, but anyway, we'll see what Joe Biden has to say in terms of gun laws, background checks, etc. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. I think it's cheap. I think it's sick for the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who's been a friend for years, to say that what they're doing in Georgia is Jim Crow 2.0. I wonder, are those Joe Biden's words or if one of his yoke, his woke young staffers uh, convinced him to, to go that route. That's so out of character for Biden. It really is. I've been following him for years. He doesn't say things like that. I mean, he's full of all sorts of gaffes and wild claims and the rest of it. Yeah, we know that. But to say something just brutal and incendiary and untrue to whip people up, it's just not his brand. Mm-mm. It's weird. Anyway, I, I only wanted to play that because I was looking for it earlier and couldn't find it on the sound sheet, and I loved it, uh, as just uh, Lindsey Graham bringing it righteously. Uh, but let's transition to the border, shall we, where there are some strange and surprising things going on, especially given the tone of the discussion about Trump's wall and the rest of it during the campaign and the coverage by the lamestream media and the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. This is uh, Alex Hogan reporting from the border in clip number 20, Sean. In the border wall debate, some residents are quite literally caught in the middle, living between the real border, the Rio Grande River, and the half-built wall blocking their roads and land with no word on future plans. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas reportedly telling employees those gaps could soon get filled. Press Secretary Jen Psaki says for now, that depends on the specific area. Federal agencies are continuing to review walk-on tracks and develop a plan to submit to the president soon. It is, it is paused. Uh, there is uh, some limited construction that has been funded and allocated for, but it is uh, otherwise paused. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar tweeting, It's shameful and unacceptable for POTUS to continue the construction of Trump's xenophobic and racist wall. 
couple of things, Alex. First of all, you're a lovely young woman and a capable reporter, but that introduction about people who are stuck between the literal border and the wall is a non sequitur. Nothing else in the report referred to it. That is an odd conundrum, but you moved on from there, so why include it? Uh, secondly, Ilhan Omar's tweet there about uh, the racist and xenophobic wall, as I tweeted uh, yesterday. Whoops, Jackie, i got to flip past several charming pug-related tweets that you tweeted after <laughs> there me. There was no food in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is obviously taking them in. So, Representative Ilhan Omar says the wall is racist and xenophobic. Ilhan, should we let in one million poor people? Ten million. How about a billion? You pick a number and explain how it's good for the country and quit with the dogmatic BS slogans. Is that so much to ask? Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, back to Alex Hogan. 21. Delegations hitting the border. Representative Jim Jordan and a group of Republicans speaking about their tour today. The surge currently at the border is unlike anything they have ever seen. Sheriff Lauterbach of Jackson County said this is complete chaos that we are witnessing now. And Sean, 22, please. We keep hearing the debate, well, is this a border crisis? We're way beyond that debate. The question now is whether we have borders at all. And and, and the answer is, for all intents and purposes, we don't. Uh, If uh, you claim you're under 18, you're automatically admitted to the country. Uh, If um, as long as you cross illegally, if you... um, uh, 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 bring a child under six to the Rio Grande Valley, you're automatically admitted. That's Congress, uh, Congressman Tom McClintock of California there. We need to pass along some more things the DHS secretary said behind closed doors in that meeting that run very counter to what the administration is saying. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to get a couple items off my plate. I uh, I keep news items on a plate for some reason. Do you mind keeping your voice down? I'm trying to watch the Masters. The Masters golf tournament is going on? Uh, Sean? The Azalea-lined fairway. It's a tradition <laughs> like any other. Do they have a crowd or are they doing a... COVID it's a limited crowd. crowd, which does not include me, because my benefactor didn't get tickets. This is probably that's probably without written consent, yeah, <laughs> or express written consent. You had tickets. Oh! You had tickets to go last year. I did, but it got canceled because of COVID. Yes, and then I elected break. not to go to the weird. Oh, that's right. I don't think they had crowds for the weird November. No, Master. they did not. No, and then we didn't get tickets for this year. Speaking of golfers and the Masters, he is not there, Tiger Woods. Uh, The latest details on his crash, he was going 87 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. God, Tiger! How do they figure that out? I find it a little troubling that they know that. Uh, It's uh, science, skid marks, etc. It could also be the... The computer inside most modern cars now. That's what I was just wondering. So between the technology of your cell phone and towers and computers in your car, they now know all this stuff? No, I don't think it's that, honestly, because I've watched investigations of fatal accidents and all, and they have the little uh, wheelie thingy that measures feet, and they can calculate based on skid marks and blah, blah, blah. They can come up with pretty good Well, there are no skid marks in this one because he didn't slow down. No. Uh, he was going 87 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone 
when he hit the tree. So he hit, he was going 84 when he went over the median, then off the road. He was still going 65 when he hit the tree. That's Wait. freaking flying, man, to hit a Boy, tree. that's a tribute to the safety of modern automobiles. How's he not dead? How's he not being investigated the way the rest of us be investigated? Well, we know the answer to that. Yeah, another, uh, that's none of your business. Another thing on my plate I wanted to get off to, uh, is it racist or not stories? One, MSNBC showed the wrong black congressman in a report on a Representative Hastings' death, who was a black congressman, so they put up the, the wrong picture. If Fox did that, oh my God. But MSNBC did it. Uh, also this. From CNN, I'll just read their tweet. For years, the West has relied on the so-called chop suey font to communicate Asianness in food packaging, posters, and ad campaigns. I think, I think we can all picture it. It's always the same font for, like, Chinese food and stuff, right? Yes, yes, um, it is. It is. The chop suey <laughs> font. But such fonts perpetuate problematic stereotypes. <laughs> problematic, a word straight out of critical race theory. Whenever you hear it, know you're dealing with a lunatic. What? problematic stereotype comes out of that font what negative attitudes do i have about asian people having seen that font my whole life it's really hard for me to imagine no kidding of course you know that reminds me and i can't remember what it was exactly somebody was explaining how something utterly innocent was a sign of white supremacy and wanting to go back to school is white supremacy or whatever it's just idiotic here's do this this will help america Sometimes people write us emails, say, A and G, you guys bring up the problems, but what can I do? Here's what you can do. In your personal life, at work, among your friends, whatever, call everything racist all the time. Make that joke without ceasing. Say that every, if you're saying, if your friends get their meal and yours is two minutes later, say it's white supremacy. If it rains on your wedding day, Alanis Morissette, claim it's racism. Just say everything is that. We will laugh the critical race theory clowns out of America. Please join me. Give generously of your time, won't you? Back to you. Uh, Joe Biden has just announced a bunch of executive orders around various gun restrictions because of the shooting today in South Carolina. I don't know. We're going to have to look into that more. Jen Ghost Saki's, guns. Uh, I know we're included. Jen Psaki's taking questions right now, but we'll be talking about that tomorrow, I suppose, and that all gets ironed out. So Brett Stevens, columnist for the New York Times... And a never-Trumper, by the way, wrote a column over the weekend about how they need to finish the dang wall. A never-Trumper in the New York Times wrote a column saying they need to finish the dang wall because walls work. There's all kinds of examples of that. That's why you have now fencing around the Capitol. It's to keep people out. Yeah, he may be a never-Trumper, but he's an adult who understands the combination of uh, methods needed to secure the border. Pair this with the... Build bridges, not walls. Anybody who says that is a moron. The current Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Behind closed doors has defended ICE and a whole bunch of other stuff that break with the Biden administration. He echoed former President Donald Trump during a recent behind-closed-doors meeting vowing to stand up for ICE, advocate for more deportations, taking on sanctuary cities... And finishing portions of the wall. That's the current DHS secretary behind closed doors. Alejandro, I never suspected. 
taking several stances apparently at odds with President Biden's softer approach on immigration compared to that of Trump. Mayorkas made the comments during a virtual town hall with ICE employees last week, according to the Washington Times, which reviewed notes from the meeting. I thought ICE was the Klan, according to AOC, was it, or... Some one of your squad right. uh, uh, nut jobs. And I remember, like, during the Democratic debates, I think everybody but Biden was for disbanding ICE. I'm 100% opposed to the abolition of ICE, Mayorkas reportedly said in this behind-closed-doors meeting. Well, that's unequivocal. Uh, it is the opposite of what I think needs to occur. I think we need to strengthen our policies and practices and communi- communicate more effectively what we do and why we do it. Um, sure, and communicate effectively, clearly, and and without fudging how you are admitted into the country, how you are not, what are the procedures, how many people we want, etc. Any adult who's not just a slogan-shouting, over-emotional adolescent understands this. The DHS secretary also expressed interest in filling in the gaps in the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border after candidate Biden spent months on the campaign trail deriding the Trump era project and walls are stupid. Uh, he also advocated for increasing the number of deportations with the Federal Department of Justice reversing course from a sharp decline seen during the early months of the Biden administration. I don't know if Joe Biden and his secretary have talked about any of these things, but they seem to be in disagreement. Wow. Just out of curiosity, uh, what's your source here? Uh, this is from the New York Post, but the Washington okay. Times uh, is where it came from. They have notes from the, the from the conference. So I wonder whether this will break through and uh, the liberal media will pay attention to it. You'd think they'd be at least mildly interested since it's one of their own, or so they thought. The current DHS secretary also said, and these are, there's quotes around this, so somebody apparently took pretty good notes. I see cases now where we apprehend and remove individuals that I think need to be prosecuted criminally, he reportedly said, specifically calling for more, more liberal applications Application of Title Eight, which makes it a felony to re-enter the U.S. after having been ousted previously. Quite frankly, I'm going to have to understand why some of these individuals are not subject to Title Eight, and I intend to work with DOJ in that regard. That is, deporting these people if they're caught a second time. My head is spinning. I know. I, I, had, I had had harsh words for the secretary, something he said the other day. Mayorkas reassured agents that he would take on cities, sanctuary cities, with blanket policies of unwillingness to partner with ICE, uh, but not did not offer specifics on how he would do so. I know those jurisdictions, and that is going to be one of the significant priorities. I think we have a lot of education to do, and I think we have a lot of educating to do, not only with officials in terms of what we do and how we do it, but we have a lot to do with the American public. Wow! He's against sanctuary cities. He thinks ICE needs to be strengthened, and we need to deport more people, especially if you try to sneak in multiple times. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm going to follow everything this guy says. I don't know what to say about that either. Well, it's clearly is there a spy in, in the house of love? In my mind, he's clearly on the side of rational thought. Sanctuary right. cities are idiotic and unsustainable. Right. For instance. And dangerous. Um, so anyway, we'll see how that all turns out. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I would think your New York Times types would be going crazy, calling this guy out, trying to get him fired. Um, or is it, or is everything he said so thoroughly defensible, they would have to go fully crazy ass nutty woke to, to attack him. So, uh, Monday night we had Stephen Colbert making a joke about Joe Biden, does he even know where he is? 
Then last night, Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show with a series of jokes about Joe Biden's mental state. We can hit you with those on the way. They're pretty funny. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, President Biden is busy before speaking about his infrastructure plan today. He went to visit a vaccine site in Virginia yesterday, and I thought the video was really interesting. Uh, take a look at what he, you know, what he had to say. Sorry I'm late. I just found a big walnut in the parking lot. I was chasing it around for two hours. Folks said, Joe, that's not a walnut. That's a dirty rock. Yeah, right. If it's a rock, then why is my mouth watering? People said, prove it, Joe. Crack it. But that's not the way we used to eat walnuts, so I swallowed it whole. So the the way this bit works is it's Biden giving a speech, waving his arms around with his mask on, and ah. Jimmy Fallon does a voice, and it looks like it fits with this, and he goes on. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that, that, well, that's not all he said. What else did he say? No, this, this happened a little later. Oh, yeah. I'm just glad the kids are getting the vaccine soon. You know, us kids used to play this game called Sparkums. We put <laughs> aluminum foil on our fingers and plug ourselves into the wall socket. Fill ourselves with electricity, then chase crows around and try to shock them with our lightning fingers. I don't know why, why they let him do this. Wow. If he's someone, the president, right? Someone should cut him off and say... Well, hey, one would think. Those, yeah. Those things, those Wait, I, he said something else. He said more? Well, I, just check this out. He's finally... He said, he said this. We're taking down the coronavirus like I took down a fella on my block called Kansas City Dennis. He'd crawl through my doggy door and steal my bubble gum. <laughs> you see, gum was new back then. Before gum, we used to just bite off a piece of a live pig's ear. Pretty easy to chew. The hard part was blowing bubbles. This <laughs> is bizarre to me. Wow, it's just bizarre. I can see that wow. becoming a regular Jimmy Fallon bit for the, well, at least as long as Joe Biden's wearing a mask. That is funny. Will that impact the ability of the administration to sell their so-called infrastructure plan? You know, it might. The whole doddering old fool thing is not a great look. <laughs> it's difficult to uh, to lead people when they're guffawing at you. So I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, I got a confession to make. During the commercials, I was clicking around, checking on the possible side effects of getting the second shot of the Pfizer vaccine, which I did yesterday. Usually start within a day or two of getting the vaccine. See, I was hoping because I'm coming, what time is it? Yeah, I'm coming up on uh, 24 hours. I was hoping I was in the clear, but it says starts within a day or two of getting the vaccine. Well, most people I know have gotten a shot. And by the way, 42% of adults have gotten at least one shot now. So it's not surprising you run into people or know people. Um, mm-hmm. But most people I know have had nothing, few sore arms. But our, I'm just Diane, one of our favorite Twitterer followers, real sick from the J&J shot. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I know a buddy of mine who had the COVID, but his job made him get the shot. Uh, the shot made him feel worse than the COVID did. 
Interesting. And that was that was J and J, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, we'll, I got the we'll J and J, and it was right around the just after the twenty four hour point when I started to feel a little fatigued, but I didn't feel anywhere bad that I would describe as being all out if, of it. If or I ever don't feel fatigued, I'll I'll, I'll call you all on the phone. <laughs> I've felt fatigued since nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, the tiredness. Only, the only time I remembered yeah. that I I got it, other than that, is sometimes. Hands are full, and uh, around the radio ranch, there's a lot of kind of heavy soundproof doors. And so I'll just open them with my shoulder. Every now and then, I'll just lean in. Oh, that's right. Okay, still a little. All right, that's right. Rub it up. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, CBS has doubled down sort of kind of on their ridiculous, unfair Ron DeSantis, uh, DeSantis hatchet job of the other day. Um, although they issued a third statement defending a 60 Minutes report targeting the Florida governor. Uh, but the network continues to avoid discussing the story's central claim, the explosive claim that it was paved for play with Publix grocery stores. Uh, CBS doubled down. Last week's 60-minute story was about the vaccine rollout to seniors in Palm Beach County and focused on a lack of access for minority communities, et cetera, et cetera. But they did not address the idiotic, Mr. Governor, the narrative is pay for play. Think about that as journalism. Well, what would you say if you're CBS? What would you? What could you possibly say? Well, we edited it to make him look like he's a bad person because we're worried he's a threat to become president of the United States for the party we don't like. You're not going to say that, but that's <laughs> what they did. In effect, I'm saying the same thing. I'm just looking at the other side of the coin. They go on about black and Hispanic seniors, how they have to drive 25 miles to the nearest pharmacy. Some don't own a smartphone, blah, blah, blah. Ain't nobody asked you 60 minutes about seniors lacking smartphones. That wasn't the part that got people's attention. So they're guilty as charged. I saw a good piece the other day about how uh, there are a number of examples of, of both sides have done this over the years. Making the person you feared the nominee by propping them up, giving them too much attention, attacking them in ways that make you look bad but get them more news, etc. Mm-hmm. It happened with Trump. You know, Trump got all kinds of attention that helped him become the nominee and become the president. Um, uh, and now 60 Minutes may it just launched DeSantis way to the top of the heap of being the nominee for the Republican Party. I agree completely. You elevate people by giving them attention, even if it's negative attention. I mean, if the liberal media is negative towards, say, Nikki Haley, what does that say to conservatives? Sure. And says, wow, okay, she's something. She's important. Uh, and one more uh, quick note, and we'll, we'll pay this off in full more tomorrow. Ah! The head of the Los Angeles Teachers Union just said some astonishing things about American Jews. We'll see if anybody cares since she's a lefty. And now it's final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Oh boy. That's how I feel today. I feel exactly like that sound. Here's your Droopy host. Jack. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. We're inclusive here. We believe in equity. He's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing the buttons. Michael! Well, it looks like the long nightmare of my family is over. I may have found an Xbox oh, uh, cool. for the nephew, but I do have to wear a fake mustache, and there is a password involved, so we'll <laughs> see how this goes. Good luck with that. That's uh, How long have you been working at that? Since uh, Christmas? Yeah, since Christmas. Wow. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought? 
Yeah, it didn't really have too many effects from the uh, from the vaccination shot, but that's uh, what I like to pretend is because I envision my immune system as peak mid-80s Chuck Norris and skinny jeans, just roundhouse kicking anything that comes in its range. I'm talking like Delta Force era, like Chuck Norris. Wow, wow, <laughs> awesome. Jackie, final thought for us. Yeah, I wonder about that um, Michelangelo trying to find an Xbox. There are so many things out there that the supply chain is just months or years behind on. How that's going to work with the economy trying to catch up and everything, I have no idea how this is going to play out. Yeah, will it be three months from now where we forget about it or three years? I I have no idea. So, funny story. My uh, wife just texted me. We're getting some repairs done at the house, and uh, Baxter was watching the guys uh, doing the stuff. He was in the same room. And at some point, he looked at him and just barked. And so they've started calling him the foreman, which is kind (laughs) of funny. My dog barking out orders, and he's a dog, and he barks. He's why he's funny. Oh, boy. Uh, I tweeted out dog pictures last night. They seem to be popular on Twitter. I would tweet out more dog pictures, but black dogs are difficult to photograph. That's why I tweeted out a picture of our... uh fawn-colored pug, because the black pug just looks like a nothing in a picture. I'm going to begin dying, Baxter. There you go. Is that cool? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Maybe I'll just give them blonde highlights. So many people, thanks. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of hot clicks for you under hot links. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Get yourself some cool A&G swag. Give it to your friends. Whatever. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday show. God bless America. Goodbye, sweet America. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. And that's it. Go away. It's indefensible, thoughtless, selfish, and so stupid. Okay. We've reached a critical point. So say it with me. See, say Broadway. The future is ours. Thank you. I will not make that happen. I thought everything was over. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.